Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email on the mark at WKOK.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe's not here, but Mr. Ben is here. He's back. He hasn't been here in almost 48 hours. Mm. but he's We played two this week. Yep, you did a double. So thank you so much mm-hmm. for coming in all of these days. Always appreciated. We got Financial Friday underway. You heard the jobless numbers, so we're going to be talking about that very shortly here on WDK. A lot of heat okay. in this room, Mark. A lot of heat in this room today. <laughs> is there? Okay. You got two flamethrowers coming in here. Bring right. on the heat. Bring on the heat. We got more flamethrowers calling in too, so to be continued. On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Uh, if you have a question for our guests, you're going to have to revert to just email for the first half of our show. Uh, on the market, wkok.com is the email, and you can text us at seven zero two three six. We're going to have some guests calling in on the lines, so and we'll be occupying up those lines as this half hour progresses. But feel free to text us seven zero two three six or you. Can uh, let us know that you'd like to talk to us uh, via email on the mark at uh, wkok.com. In case you didn't hear the CBS News uh, repetition, 678,000 jobs uh, created. I believe that is the precise number that was predicted uh, by our good guest here only about 12 hours earlier. Nope, even more than predicted. So we'll talk about that in a moment. But our guest today, uh, Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of of uh, commerce. Welcome on board, sir. Great to be here, Mark. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for coming in. And you brought your good uh, chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, Mech Tech and Diversified Construction Guy, professional engineer, but a small business person and thinks big by nature and very active. And uh, he's you can see his name popping up a lot of places. Art Thomas is back. Welcome aboard, sir. Good morning. Glad to be here. <laughs> you, were, you had that look like, oh, my God, what is he going to say about me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just a super guy. That's the, uh, that is my only uh, uh, thing I'm going to say about that. All right, well, let's go around the table. For some strange reason, I always start with Ben, this jobless number, 3.8%, the jobless rate. What does that tell you? Hang on, hang on, hang on, Ben, hang on. You did not get that right. That is king of the Mardi Gras, Mr. Ben Reichley. Mr. Co-host, I am going to defer to my good friend, Mr. Robert Gutt. Okay. (laughs) Jobless reaction, please, Bob. You know, it's, uh, it's a couple things very interesting. First off, you uh, mentioned uh, that it's a little higher than the consensus average of the economists. I will tell you that three of the five economists we watch were right on, exactly right on. They said 675,000, 678,000. You know, that's that's in the margin of error, and, uh, even uh, even at the Mardi Gras, uh, Ben. So <laughs> so uh, there, was, uh, there was thoughts that this would be a good jobs report. Just checking on the 
the breaking news you heard at the beginning of the hour, keep in mind that these were numbers that came from the second full week of February. Yes. That would be the week prior to the invasion of Ukraine. So anything happening in Ukraine, these crazy gas prices up 11 cents overnight for gasoline, 56 cents for diesel overnight, that does not affect this number. We'll see those numbers in March. Yes. And, and that's when we'll have a lot to say about inflation. When I say in March, we'll see that out of the March numbers when we're back the first uh, Friday of April. In what way would this international discord affect mm. jobless numbers domestically? Yeah, so I, I, what I'm going to tell you is that yesterday we had our Community Prosperity Alliance very high-sounding committee, I know, but it's basically the Main Street managers throughout the greater Susquehanna Valley, everybody from Bloomsburg to uh, to McClure, right, to Art, and from Allenwood to to Mount Pleasant Mills, really, to Sealands Grove, for, for sure. And, you know, uh, it, it, it felt like it was two years ago, and the pandemic we were talking about was not a pandemic of a medical pandemic. It was a pandemic of what is the gas price that starts to tell people, hey, boy, I can't travel this weekend. I can't get out this weekend. Everybody's consensus was $4, which we thought... 48 hours ago would happen sometime around Memorial Day. Who knew it was going to happen overnight? This morning I paid 399.9. Okay, that's not four, Ben, but that's awful darn close. Well, this morning on my yesterday morning on the way to State College or business, uh, I made sure I fill, filled up uh, before uh, store. Uh, the pumps were 382. Coming back past that same place, 401. Wow. Uh, 419. Right. Uh, now we're seeing, but uh, no, it's the uncle factor, but let's not fool ourselves. All this invasion of Ukraine manipulating the oil market, this the prices were rising before this. Right. This just puts it over the $4 right. mark. This just fans the flames. Yeah, this, really. this, this goes and from 98 to $115 oil, and this is where this administration is asleep at the wheel. You know, a little foreshadowing. A little strategic planning for the future, a little understanding that energy is natural security and economic security. So this is where we're at. Well, as I like to say, they say that the president affects the national energy policy. But the, here's the, the thing that folks have to watch. You have to watch the diesel fuel prices, mm -hmm. 56 cents overnight. You know, most of those trucks that are out there, and folks, just take a look right now. Look around wherever you're seated, whether you're in your car, whether you're in a, uh, whether in your living room, whether you're still having a late breakfast. Everything that you're looking at came there by a truck. If it didn't grow right where you're sitting, it came by a truck. Most of those trucks are independent truckers. The gas prices go over up 56 cents overnight. Let me tell you, their mileage rate didn't go up 56 cents. If you got it, a truck brought it, and that applies to me, too, in the morning. So there that's, you go. that's how we got here. Art, reaction to these jobless numbers? Yes, they went down, but there's so, so many other factors at play. Well, let me just start by saying, on the strip here at Schmokin Dam, Monroe Township, gas on Monday was 379. Gas yesterday was 399. And this morning, it's 419. Um, as far as the jobless numbers, fantastic employment numbers. You know, how many million did we lose in, in two months, two years ago, and we're still working our way back. And I know the other night the president talked about the number of jobs we created over the last year. 
well, that's a good thing. We need we still need to keep going to catch up to what we've lost two years ago. And 3.8, I guess we better do better because we were 3.5 before mm-hmm. the pandemic. But uh, come on now, 3.8 is pretty good. So obviously we need to use some additional information here. We keep I keep talking about the participation rate and 62 to 67 percent. That five percent must make the difference in millions of jobs and and what our people need out there. And you asked about the impact, uh, Mark. I think it's uncertainty. You know, manufacturing and uh, companies out there don't know what's going to happen uh, globally. If they're in a global market and they were going to hire, they may have some uncertainty that would affect our employment numbers. And when when we look at these when we look at these numbers in reality. I mean, I don't want to quote Lennon and McCartney, but these are get-back numbers. These are get-back numbers to where we were before the pandemic. The uh, pandemic. So it's um, you know we we see a situation where businesses are uncertain, as you say. Art, one of the things I'm seeing, and you're knee-deep, hip-deep, shoulder-deep into this, is the permitting and the regulations. <laughs> and look what the Biden administration has done. They've brought back regulations and permitting, or lack of permitting, when they talk about oil permits particularly. But look look at their infrastructure bill. It, it, it is maybe 11% of what we think of infrastructure, water, sewer, roads, bridges, those type. you got you got other things that are being held up by Corps of Engineers and just environmental agencies and environmental lobbyists. So to build things anymore is a problem. And, and I, like I said, the, these these numbers, I mean, the, if I was the Biden administration, I would promote, yeah, we're making jobs. Right. No, no, we're doing get back. Get back, get back to our old numbers. And we're glad to say that uh, the Greater Susquehanna Valley uh, Chamber of Commerce has invited uh, an opportunity for us to talk to somebody who is integrally involved in making sure that job creation happens in a big way in Pennsylvania. Elizabeth Bolden is on the line. She's president and CEO of the Pennsylvania Commission for Community Colleges. Good morning, Elizabeth. Thank you for calling in this morning. Thank you. Appreciate it. Tell us about uh, how community colleges are weighing into this. Uh, it seems like uh, joblessness is going exceedingly low. There mo- wouldn't be anybody that need more training or anything. But uh, Pennsylvania needs to march forward, and community colleges are part of that. So tell us about that. You're exactly right. Community colleges are really providing a critical service for the Commonwealth and its residents at this time because we know that the workforce and employer needs are changing daily. And so what the colleges really do is that they listen to the employers in their local area to understand what their workforce needs are. And then they work collaboratively with those employers uh, to make sure that they have the equipment and the programs that will train workers uh, to, to work in those companies. Um, And then what they do, which makes community colleges unique, is that they then start those programs. They adapt their program offerings and their scheduling uh, to meet student needs because we know um, that not everyone can go to school from 9 to 5. We know that people have uh, part-time jobs. We know that they have responsibilities in their homes. And so what makes community colleges unique is that they're flexible institutions of higher learning and so we really do offer programs that meet a variety of different student scheduling needs um, so that students can get the education and training they need um, to finish their degree or credential and enter the workforce. 
And you say these high-priority occupations is really the through line that uh, that meets where students, where they need to go and where employers need to have workers. That's where community colleges are? Yeah, absolutely. Many, um, in fact, more than 75% of the programs offered at a community college are in areas identified as a high-priority occupation by the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry. And what that means is that based on all of the data available, it suggests that that's where the jobs are going to be. And we know that people want to get education and training so they can get a job or get a better job or be promoted in their current job. And so by focusing on high-priority occupations, we help to ensure that people who invest in themselves and invest in higher education will realize a return on that investment. Elizabeth, this is Bob Garrett, the President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. It's good to speak with you again. I think we met a little over two years ago uh, on a Sunday, on a sunny uh, October afternoon at a ribbon cutting of one of our local community college centers. So it's great to have you uh, back, at least by telephone, and we'll look forward to your next visit to our valley. My question has to do with what you refer to as pathways in the business world we call it a continuum of education. Sitting across from me is uh, Art Thomas, the chairman of our Chamber of Commerce board. He also chairs the local Early Learning Investment Commission. And when we talk about a co- continuum of education, it starts actually prenatal, right? right uh, uh, and then it starts at that, at that youngest age. We, the chamber works uh, right beside our educators in primary and secondary education. Our valley has been is well known uh, for its uh, post-secondary institutions, Bucknell University, Susquehanna University, Lackawanna College recently established a ever-growing, it seems like, uh, campus or center in Sunbury, and now we have two centers of Luzerne County Community College. I would be remiss if I didn't point out that we also have the private post-secondary education uh, in the Valley with McCann and with Triangle Tech, and of course we have uh, three outstanding vocational schools that not only have high school students in them, but non-traditional learners who are filling those seats in each of those. We talk about those as the continuous of education. Could you talk to us a little bit from a statewide perspective about these pathways and how do pathways work? How do they, how do they keep the economy strong, uh, both uh, pathways that are both linear and those that are nonlinear, where people go back and get training mid-career, et cetera? Sure, Bob, you're exactly right. We know that uh, people's lives are not linear, as you say. Oftentimes there are intervening events. And so while people intend, I think, many times to get their high school diploma and then enter post-secondary study and study full-time and complete, we know that life becomes complicated and they can't always do that. And that's why pathways are so very important. And I would suggest that pathways start with something called dual enrollment, which I know that you're familiar with up in Luzerne County. But dual enrollment is an opportunity for students who, while they're still in high school, to explore post-secondary education either through their career and technical center or through a community college or other college or university. They get a taste of what it's like to do college work, and they really begin to, to see what their pathway is forward. Across the state, nearly 20,000 high school students every year are enrolled in some sort of dual enrollment course at a Pennsylvania community college, and that can be really transformative for them. But as well, when we have career pathways with our baccalaureate degree 
granting institutions that allow students to obtain their associate's degree or a workforce credential, perhaps enter the workforce for a while, and then when they want to upskill or move forward in their career, they can go back and get a baccalaureate degree. And the great thing about the articulation agreements that Luzerne County Community College has, as well as our other um, education partners is that students all of their credits transfer. Um, we recently uh, learned about a pre-engineering student at Luzerne County Community College uh, who was in the pre-engineering program um, and transferred to Penn State University and didn't realize any loss of credits when he did so. So that's, that's what we, our goal is to make sure that students can follow those pathways uh, without duplicating time and effort. All right, a couple quickie questions left. One, Bob just listed, this is Mark Lawrence again, a wide range of schooling opportunities available for folks. Do you encourage another startup community college around here? We have one more college that wants to operate right in the heart of our area. Do you encourage them? So I think that every community in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania should have access to community college services. Currently, there are 15 colleges operating 28 campuses and 54 sites across the Commonwealth. Everybody in the Commonwealth has access to the online programs that are offered by community colleges, and we know that whenever anyone accesses post-secondary education, their life trajectory is changed, the trajectory of their family is changed, and so I hope that policymakers will recognize the importance of post-secondary education in all of their decision-making, um, including the upcoming fiscal year 22-23 budget at the state level. All right, really. And what, are you testifying in front of the House Appropriations Committee today? Bob tells us about that. Uh, yes, we actually will be testifying on Monday before the House Appropriations Monday. Committee. I'll be joined by three community college presidents, and we will all be uh, sharing what the colleges are doing in areas of education and workforce development with the hope that the General Assembly will provide a funding increase uh, for Luzerne and the other community colleges in the upcoming fiscal year. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have an open mic. Anything else to add to this whole conversation that we're having about community colleges in Pennsylvania, please? Uh, well, I'd just like to say I think it's a testament to the leadership in your region that you are talking about community colleges and the important role that they play uh, for families, for students, for employers, and for the region as a whole. I mean, community colleges truly are your community's anchor, um, and it's a great thing that you're talking about how to leverage and move them forward well, in this time. Well, thank you so much for your information. We will have you back when you get up to this area. Visit our studios. We'd love to talk to you in person as well. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Elizabeth Bolden, President and CEO of the Pennsylvania Commission on Community College for Community Colleges, and next up, we're going to hear from uh, a woman that is running one of the community college centers around here. We'll hear that. If you wish to email a question, email us at onthemarket.wkok.com. We're right in the middle of Financial Friday. We're talking about the jobless numbers that did go down, and the number of uh, folks that were able to somehow claw back to work uh, went up. So we talked about that, and we're. Getting some reaction, and our panel's going to stay here and keep talking about that. You're listening to On the Mark on WKOK. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. 
You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Because I'm working for a living. Oh, amen. Thank you so much, uh, Kevin Hur, our fabulous producer today. Aren't you hey. going to make your comment? Working, you're a working class dog. That's yes. me, baby. Okay. Uh, 62.3 is our participation rate, and that is actually up slightly from the month before. So a little bit of a clawback happening as it uh, happens for Get the participants. But yeah, it's Get still way, way, way too low. Half, half the workforce is still sleeping this morning, and that is not right. Well, as we continue Financial Friday, we have Art Thomas here, Chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and Ben Reichley, King of Mardi Gras, and a good business person <laughs> locally, and a member of the Chamber, I might add. We welcome to the mix now Melissa Day, Administrator at the Greater Susquehanna Center of Luzerne County Community College. Melissa, thank you so much for calling in today. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. I really do appreciate that. Our, our Financial Friday discussion is focusing on joblessness and folks who are going to get into the workforce and try to get into either either some of these high-priority occupations or just bone up on things that might make them better workers. We have you know, all kinds of folks going back for accounting and, and writing-oriented things or computer things. Tell us about how this community college, this uh, Greater Susquehanna Center, fits into that conversation about how... Uh, not necessarily just young people right out of high school, but individuals already in the workforce are upgrading and or, or getting skills for their next job. Yes. No, I appreciate what President Bolden was able to share about the work of community colleges and their dedicated centers within the local region. And I also appreciate that uh, Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce has really uh, been able to create this conversation between not only the college but then local business people to understand what our needs might be. So President Bolden is absolutely correct that in a community college we have greater flexibility to increase our offerings based on what we're hearing and based on what we're hearing right now from local business and industry is that we do have that increased need in healthcare occupations and so here at the Greater Susquehanna Center in Wapentown we are happy to report that we did just open our science lab which allows us to now have uh, many of the courses necessary for the general studies uh, nursing consideration program. So we have a number of students who are in our program who are taking the anatomy and physiology, for example, microbiology, the coursework necessary so that they can move into the nursing program. We also offer health science programs such as respiratory therapy, a surgical technician, dental hygiene, and even those pre-hospital services like emergency medical services. So I think that we have a, a key piece in helping, as you said, not just those coming directly out of high school, but also those who are adult learners and really want to stack the credits. That is something that uh, community colleges really work to do. We want to break up the uh, post-secondary work into manageable parts. So that might mean taking part-time classes for a few years, or we may have some who are able to join us full-time, either during the day or at night, in order to work toward uh, those degrees. 
Good morning, Melissa. This is Bob Garrett. It's good to hear your voice this morning. Hey, could you good just morning. take a good morning? Could you just take a moment and play the numbers game with us? Tell us about the student body, the pre-college offerings, those sort of things. Absolutely. Uh, so, from the college standpoint itself, all of Luzerne County Community College has seen a four percent enrollment increase from last spring until this spring, uh, which, in the midst of a pandemic, is promising for us. But I think it's important to note that here at the Greater Susquehanna Center, in the same time period, last spring to this spring, we saw a 34% increase in the number of students who are taking classes here. I think I want to double back to something you all were talking about at the very beginning. We're talking about the rising gas prices, right? So now it's important to note that for our students and our adult learners who are looking for coursework toward those degrees, there is increased importance in having the availability of that coursework here in the greater Susquehanna Valley. In addition to the increase in numbers of students, we saw a 60% increase in the number of credits taken uh, from last spring until this spring, and certainly we expect to see those numbers continue to increase as we increase our offerings. All right, we just have a moment left, but you can have that full minute. And how do I get a hold of you? How do we find out what uh, the center has and what Luzerne County Community College has? Okay, great. Thank you so much. So feel free to log on to www.luzerne.edu, and from there you can find all of our dedicated centers throughout the region. As Bob mentioned, we have a number in the region. Specifically, we're talking about Greater Susquehanna. I would be remiss if I didn't say that into the fall we're now offering day and nighttime classes. We recognize that sometimes adult learners need to be in school when their children are at school, and so we've increased our offerings so that we do have the potential for full-time enrollment during the day, and we still have those evening classes available. You can reach us here at Watsontown at 570-740-0296. We'd love to have you visit, take a tour, and we can talk more about the availability of not just the courses, but financial aid offerings and other ways to uh, promote post-secondary attendance. Well, you must have been a DJ. You know how to talk up to the top of the hour. Thank you so much, <laughs> Melissa. We certainly will talk to you more again and we thank you for this check-in but we have a lot more to say about all these topics so we certainly will talk again thank you thank you everybody is listening to financial friday on news radio 1070 wkok sunbury News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reichley. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On the Mark. Guest today, Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Art Thomas, Chairman of the Chamber, President of MECTEC and Diversified Construction. Ben Reichley is here. Uh, he's the owner of the final business that he's associated <laughs> with, along with, what, 200-some of your closest friends? 22 others. So, you know, it's a, uh, it's a mutual relationship among us. Of co-owners. Yeah, good for you. That's the way to be. Aesop. Uh, Aesop, right. And it's not a fable. This is the real deal. All right, Bob, uh, chamber activities and events, and uh, kind of glue all this information together. We heard. Yeah, I'm going to ask uh, my chairman, Art, to talk a little bit about our upcoming, uh, very exciting event. We call it the Economic Forecast uh, 
Uh, but what I want to tell you about is a couple things is everybody's been tracking what's going on with the redistricting with our members of Congress. <laughs> Tomorrow, G.T. Thompson will be here in the Valley. He's uh, coming, being introduced to some of the key leaders of the Valley by Congressman Keller. Uh, just the way democracy is to work, a very peaceful transfer of power, and uh, <laughs> and I'm sure they will shake and uh, and have eggs together or bacon oh, together uh, or something. Yeah, we they're will. at one uh, of the local uh, fi- fine eating establishments. So, G.T. Thompson, folks, that's the congressman. If you're west of the Susquehanna River, uh, Dan Muser will be your congressman. If you're on the east side of the river, well, are we happy get, about? They have we, to get elected. Yeah, well, they do have to get reelected in this yeah, case. Really. Yeah, they do have to get reelected, but yeah, they don't actually become those aren't their districts until January second. Well, technically, they have to get elected because they're in new districts. But uh, if we look through it, the frustration, the ridiculous activity that went on, why the state Supreme Court is involved in what the legislature of Pennsylvania should be doing, we still don't know. And with two seats leaving, two congressional seats leaving Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania losing one congressional seat, this could have been all mixed together and everybody could have ran for re-election, election in their new districts, every congressperson who wanted to. But we see what the Supreme Court does, and that's where now we have activist judges picking political winners and losers, or trying to. And now that Pastor, uh, or the Reverend Reichley has spoken, <laughs> we all say amen. The uh, hey, little foreshadow- foreshadowing of the feast to come, let me tell you, next month I want to have Drew Crompton with us. Name might be familiar to you. He's a former Commonwealth Court judge. Uh, didn't get uh, didn't get uh, his 10-year reattainment uh, vote, so he is now in the private sector with the McNeese Law Firm, a firm we know well. I'm going to invite uh, Drew up next month. We'll talk about a couple of things, one of them being, everybody's heard of gerrymandering. Have you heard of gerrymandering? Well, that's what we have in Pennsylvania. You know, the, the, the issue, Mark, really was we're spending nearly a billion dollars on the throughway to create a community of interest. And this congressional map splits that community interest right down the middle, right on the river, where we just spent a billion dollars, or we're spending a billion dollars to create a community of interest. Well, we and tried. It appears to be a done deal, right? Uh, well, it, uh, yeah, there there are court cases going on. It'll probably go to the U.S. Supreme Court. It, it, we're into the sausage making now. Um, there's a part of me that says, let's move on. Just move on. That's our members. That's that, that's our new districts. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, you know, the chamber's not going anywhere. We'll be here in the, in the 2030 round and one more time try to impress upon folks that the greater Susquehanna Valley is a unique community of interest. It's important to keep it intact. Uh, we didn't get our message across. We were really ineffective. We're really, right now, we're licking our wounds, quite honestly. But we'll be back to fight another day. We're not going. We're not going anywhere. Well, it's not, uh, you're getting this. some freshman slouch from Western Pennsylvania or anything coming into our area. Oh yeah. Well, uh, that we were really concerned about that. And and by the way, that new g- district that G.T. Thompson, yeah. who's from Center County, that new district that he's going to represent, that's a district that we were very familiar with during mm-hmm. the 1990s 
'90s when we were very well represented by John, well, by originally by Bill Klinger, and then by John Peterson. That was their district. The only change is Snyder County. They added Snyder County, so so we should be happy that at least we got that. But now, you of had Klinger the, and Schuster back then. Yeah, well, they were two heavy hitters. That was number one, number two in the House Transportation Committee. How do we get a tra- throughway? I can't imagine. But anyhow, but we move on. Hey, by the way, we've been talking about the king of the Mardi Gras. We have not gone around to telling you who the queen of the Mardi Gras yeah. was. It was our own Judy Carr. And this and was a Chamber of Commerce function? Well, it was. A, we were certainly Joint very venture. supportive of uh, what the Susquehanna Valley Country Club was doing, and we're going to continue to be uh, supportive of that. The, the club is going through a, a wonderful transition right now, all very positive, very family-sustaining, very family-supporting. Uh, and the Chambers, we've got our we got our shoulder to the uh, to the grindstone there. And by the way, my chairman, nobody got a bead until he said they had a bead. Nobody got an award until my chairman gave out the awards. Mm-hmm. All those pictures are up on Facebook. Uh, they've gone viral, Art. They're big. They're really big. But hey, now if I may, uh, Mark, I'd like for uh, Art to tell you a little bit about this uh, great event coming up a week from today, almost at this time, a week from today, and then the follow-up conversation related to the economy of our valley. Good morning, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm not on Facebook personally, so <laughs> I think that some emails were sent to me, and I had an opportunity s- to see some of the pictures of the fun. Uh, our businesses are on Facebook, and we have millennials that take care of that for me. But uh, personally, I'm not, and I think that's a good thing from what millennials are telling me about it. You're but uh, I guess that's, lucky. <laughs> that's probably a subject for another day. Yeah, what timing? You know, uh, we've got Dr. Ani Basu coming back next week, Friday, March 11th. Uh, the program's at 11 o'clock, 11 to 1. And uh, what timing? You know, I don't know if we pay this guy $50, $500, or $50,000, but he's going to be earning his pay next Friday. You know, we've got uh, stock market down, inflation up, guns a-blazing in Eastern Europe. Um, we don't know. We've got employment up that we're supposed to be happy about, and we ha- we are. Unemployment down, uh, everything's up and down, and uh, if there's anybody that can pull his crystal ball out and at least give us a fuzzy, warm feeling about what we think the next six months or so, next year or so is going to be like, he's the guy. And I'm sure you're all familiar with him. He's been here 13 or 14 times. We've we've lost count. Um, but he's going to be back again next Friday. So you want to go on gsvcc.org and get yourself registered and a little twist we're putting on this year is we're going to have a a follow-up to that event now that event again is friday march 11th 11 a.m it's all virtual and that is all virtual we found that to be a very good thing with him as you know if you've been to any of his presentations at the prior venues uh it's very hard sometimes to see his graphics uh if you're in the back of the room but with this virtual he doesn't have to make the drive up here our fee's a little bit lower because he doesn't have to stay overnight (laughs) and of course uh, we all get to see his graphics like we're sitting at the front table so that's march 11th and then if there's uh, some follow-up to that is going to be the following thursday march 17th saint patrick's day in the evening we're going to all be at isabella's and uh, susquehanna business dean dr russo is going to be there and we'll get some of his thoughts on you know what
what Dr. Aniban Basu said and what Dr. Rousseau thinks himself. So there will be plenty of brain power for all our business leaders to tune into and get an idea of how they might want to make their decisions moving forward here over the next months and year or so. And, of course, May 4th, Mark, is our annual meeting, so we'll just put an initial get yourself registered for our May 4th annual meeting. And that's going to be in person at the Pine Barn Inn. All right. Very excited. Okay. So for Annabon Basu, non-chamber members, is, can they get yeah. in on the Zoom? Everybody's welcome. Everybody's yeah. welcome. Okay. GSVCC.org. And then on the 17th, you want non-chamber members to also consider attending? Uh, we would like you to be, uh, we'd like for you to hear his presentation. Now, we will post it on YouTube on the chamber website. It's probably best if you're there and uh, interacting. If you can't do that, listen to it on the YouTube, and then it will also be at gsvcc.org. Just sign up there and come on by uh, the afternoon, early evening of March 17th. That happens to be St. Patrick's Day. Wear your green mm-hmm. and come on by to the Italian restaurant in Sealands Grove. All right. Mm-hmm. To wrap us up, uh, men, what else do you want to say? Anything else? Uh, cooking? Yeah, I, I guess I want to just go back to the conversation we had on the community colleges. You know, we have a lot of critical businesses in this valley that, frankly, are on life support. It seems funny to say this, but the healthcare industry is on life support, not because they're unhealthy, because they can't get enough employees. The work we're doing with the community college, the work we're doing with the vocational schools, the work we're doing with the post-secondary schools, the, uh, the primary and secondary schools as well, all is related to helping our businesses who are on life support. Do not kid yourself, folks. Businesses that are closing because they can't find employees affects everyone. And we have to get to work right now. We do not have the luxury of planning and and putting together long-term plans. We have to do it today. We have to get students in seats, and we got to get them into the jobs we have right here in the greater Susquehanna Valley. For example, the unemployment rate this month in Montour County is 2.8%, lowest in the state, 2.8% in Montour County is about 75 people, okay? Today, as we sit here, there's 1,500 open jobs at the Geisinger, okay? 75 people chasing after 1,500 jobs. We've got to do something, and we have to do it today. We do not have a minute to lose. All right. Well, thank you so much for all of this, gsvcc.org. Uh, we wrap up Financial Friday, and we get ready for open phones. Bob, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks for all you're Always doing. Thanks pleasure. for your visitation and hooking us up with uh, great guests on the show. Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, and Art Thomas, Chairman of uh, the Chamber and President of MechTech. You is having a uh, you uh, finding enough workers yourselves? You know we have We're a workers. We're holding our own, Mark, but uh, the CSVT is coming. It's a coming. Oh, okay. It's a coming. <laughs> That's good. We hope you get some of the engineering gigs associated with that if you haven't already. President of MechTech and Diversified uh, Construction, so adapting homes uh, for life to make sure that folks can uh, really enjoy a wonderful quality of life in their own home is one of their specialities. Thank you men so much for coming in. We're going to flip to open phones. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com.
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. He must have saw me in here. Kevin Hur, our great producer, who must have saw me here folding up headphones and putting the chairs away. Oh, Kevin Hur in there? I thought it was Mean Joe Green. <laughs> I saw this big Steeler <laughs> 75, and I thought that was Joe. Joe is very mean in the morning. I thought Joe very was mean. a retirement, <laughs> getting a little uh, supplemental income. Kevin is very mean in the morning. It is uh, definitely true. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We're going to do news headlines momentarily here. What We would invite you to call us, one 800 795 565. Uh, our sponsor is the Sunbury Motor Company. You can mm-hmm. email us at onthemarket.wkok.com and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM, which three individuals have done. And so we'll read those on the air. We've got a caller already lined up and ready to go. Lanera, thank you so much for calling in right off the back. Good morning. Thank you, Mark, and thank you to Sunbury Broadcasting for. Uh, opening up the phone lines and for having uh, Elizabeth Bolden on this morning. She has been a very wonderful advocate for the Pennsylvania Community Colleges. Uh, I wanted to uh, bring to attention that creating a community college is a way that we unify our valley. And when uh, I heard Bob talk about licking the wounds uh, with regard to the the split now um, basically across the river. We are still the greater Susquehanna Valley. We are still central Pennsylvania. And our own community college can be that catalyst whereby we can create a volume of employees that are needed across the region. Now, we have site locations of other colleges that are doing their best, but these are very small enrollments. We need to build up an enrollment like Erie did. Erie started their community college just one semester ago. 250 students enrolled. Then this semester, 300 students enrolled, and they had 1,300 applicants. That's the level of volume that we need, and our own community college can do that. Um, We have had the economic impact forecast done by the leading organization for market research and higher education and and labor market research telling us that this region will have an enrollment of about 3,000 students by the first 10 years. An economic impact of 78.5 million new revenue into the area. My question is, what will it take for all of the organizations in this region to see the powerful impact that this partnership will have 
for the central region of Pennsylvania. Some people think small, so you're, you're pushing uphill, you know, the whole way. But you, you're getting more buy-in day by day, person by person. Yes. So I think that yes. will happen. Um, some folks may ask why commissioners won't get on board. They're all about economic development. You know, if we were having a big meeting with Drive or cutting the ribbon someplace, we could see the commissioners there. But uh, is it the tax word, the idea that, they, you know, you'll want a mill a tax or so to go towards the community college? Why hesitant county commissioners? Yeah, so um, it's not even a mill. We're for um, Northumberland County, it's about three quarters of a mil, and that ter- translates into thirteen dollars and sixty-eight cents per household. I have three people in my household, and one of them will go to the community college. It is a very small investment for a very large return, and every community college in Pennsylvania is seeing that kind of return. Um, I think Butler County Community College is seeing $13 returned for every dollar of investment. We, we have to open our eyes to the powerful impact this community college would have. Consider that Williamsport Area Community College had 8,000 students at the time at which it closed, and there has not been anything to fulfill that level of demand for education as a public anchor institution in this region um, since it closed and, and shuttered. Uh, so I think what, what we're seeing is commissioners who would get behind this are really heroic in saying we've got to do something for the employers to um, be able to hire for our low-mod income uh, residents to be able to afford higher education and not go into debt. Uh, I, I think, you know, we just have to keep getting the word out there. When, when it's clear that $13.68 per household is the cost to establish our own regional co- community college, there's not been a very um, loud or um, strong pushback for that amount of investment. Ben. Well, there. This is Ben Reichley. I would ask. Hi, uh, Ben. Uh, this has been going on for a long time, and I know, sort yeah. of originally, it was put out that this was going to go to downtown Sunbury and bring Sunbury back. However, there's probably not enough room in downtown Sunbury to put a community college in, or, or maybe to start. But however, that originally was. But you ask, what will it take? Well. If it's such a positive ideal, why is it taking this long? And here's the other part is, why isn't the businesses, I hear advertisements, why aren't they co-sponsoring this? Why aren't they writing checks for $100,000, $200,000 seed money to get this going? It, I mean, if why is it taking this long for such a good ideal? Even these businesses, shouldn't they be supplementing it in some different ways? Well, I think you, that that is a part of the project. Um, we first of all, we have to make a case, and our case has been uh, through the studies, et cetera. Uh, just completed a survey um, for a commissioner who wanted to find out uh, what the sentiments are 
and uh, that will be published in the next three to four weeks. The businesses in the area have been supportive through letters of support, and um, several businesses have been donating. That's what's keeping us going. Um, Yes, you're right. You know, we could see some larger donations, at which point we would be establishing what I think would be appropriate would be an endowment so that there would be a perpetual funding stream for the community college. And um, that that is something, again, that has been in discussion. Um, but if we are going to get the volume of employees that we need, we have to have the mechanism for doing that, and the mechanism is a regional community college. That's what's being used across the state, it's what's being used across the nation. Funding is going into the community colleges specifically for the um, workforce development, short-term training solutions, and um, even the uh, Pell Grant currently is under consideration for short-term training. So all of that you know, we're missing something huge here without having a community college. All right. Well, we'll certainly continue this discussion in the weeks and months ahead. We'll have you back up here with the panelists or guest selection of your choice, and we'll continue this conversation. Lots of folks have mm-hmm. questions that related to this, and we'll do a frequently asked question with you on On the Mark coming up, Lanier. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks for your time, and thanks for your help in, in this endeavor. Thanks, Mark. Have a good day. Lanier Allen is the director of the Susquehanna Valley Community Education Project, newcommunitycollege.org, their website. Some very brief news headlines here. State police say they're planning some DUI checkpoints this month. The Stonington Barracks is where troopers say they'll set up sobriety checkpoints throughout Northumberland County. They say the traffic safety checkpoints stop vehicles at selected locations and check motors for signs of DUI. Their goal, reduce the number of alcohol and related fatal and serious crashes. After a dozen years, Dr. Kathy Keegan says the pandemic uh, threw her a real curve as superintendent of the Milton Area School District. The pandemic really impacted that social and emotional component of our students and our staff. It's intriguing to me to see what will come out in the research in a few more years once we've seen the longitudinal effects of us being remote and virtual. So that's been one of our biggest challenges that I could have never imagined. And she had a super appearance on WKOK's On the Mark That's program. That's a uh, big statement she said, that, that she's ahead of the game there. What What's the... Long term? All right, to be yep. continued. Yep. Downward trends of COVID-19 across the board uh, in the central Susquehanna Valley. We bucked the trend, though. Geisinger Danville has one new patient. They're back up to 47. Evangelical Community Hospital back up to 12 COVID-19 patients. And go ahead and continue the mail-in process. <laughs> a 2019 law allowing all registered voters in Pennsylvania to cast a ballot by mail was struck down last month by Commonwealth Court, which ruled the state constitution needed to be amended for this change to take place. The Wolf administration appealed to the state Supreme Court, which will hear arguments in the case next week. In the meantime, the court ruled that mail-in voting can remain in place. Advocacy groups such as Common Cause support that decision, but Republican lawmakers who voted overwhelmingly in support of the 2019 law now want to see it overturned. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, that wraps up news headlines. We got callers waiting. I guess we'll take Bob right before the break. He 
studies on topics. So Bob will hit you, hit the break, and then Dale goes. Uh, so, Bob, please go right ahead. Yeah, good morning. As far as the community college going in the summer, Kim Best uh, was pushing for that, and they were trying to do that in the old Northumberland County building there on 4th and Market, which uh, never got enough uh, uh, up people pushing for it. So that's why that fell under. Um, the uh, other thing I was calling about, you know, the community college, why don't they offer a CDL driver's, you know, licensing? I mean, that's a very uh, expensive course to take, and there's lots of trucking jobs around here that need CDL drivers. And uh, another thing I was calling about is the price of fuel going up. You know, we are grilling enough fuel in our country today for what Americans are using per day. However, we're pushing it to other countries. We're selling it off, which I don't understand why. And then we're importing it from not too much from Russia, mostly Canada, Mexico, and Saudi Arabia. So there's no reason for our gas prices to be going up because we're drilling as much fuel as we use today no, if, per day. No, 30 Production of oil, natural gas and oil production is down between 30 and 40 percent. Now, you might saying that, is that the export we're doing? But no, our, our, uh, our usage is up from what it was before. Our production is down between 30 and 40 percent. Plus, if we're exporting, you look at our exports and where they're going to. Uh, so, no, that... that 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 number, I don't know where you got that number. That'd be an interesting. Ask to Google. Oh, okay. We're drilling eighteen point three seven million but barrels a day. All right, well, we're at an impasse here. numbers very low below that because okay. uh, under the Trump administration, we were right now we're down 30-40% production. That's coming from the oil industry. That's, that's not true. We're drilling it's more coming from now the oil industry. than we did before. Okay. All right, well, to be continued. Thank yeah. you so much, Bob. Thanks for calling in. Great observation. We have enough oil in the U.S. This much we know for sure. Mm. All right, standby callers. We will be right back. I don't care if Monday's black. Oh, baby, I'm in love with the weekend. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm going to be untethered this weekend, so oh, Kevin's going to handle my calls <laughs> this weekend. Why is Kevin dancing in that He's shaking 75? his head. No, he's I mean, not going to handle my calls. I hope he doesn't hurt himself. Uh, one of our good listeners on the topic of energy says the Biden administration has imposed ever-growing obstacles to building energy infrastructure in the U.S., so-called environmental and social governments, po- governance policies, inhibiting investment in oil and gas, and more dependence on foreign sources of energy. It's time to reverse these harmful policies and institute an energy plan that sends an unmistakable signal to the world. We have the world's largest oil and gas reserves. We can produce these energy resources more cleanly and efficiently than anywhere else in the world, and we should produce them, unquote. Who sent us that? A former guest on this show? No, good. Congressman Fred Keller. Fred Keller. It sounds like Fred and Gene York combined there. Oh, and Gene Yaw makes a right. very good point about uh, energy and environmentalists. So, uh, no, I, w- I would say, uh, yeah, here, here. Talking about community colleges, Demos is on the line. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in. Everybody listen carefully. Uh, I, I hear about the community college, and I want to ask you what happened 
2012, they approved it to be community college, the 370 Market Street. I have no idea. Can you tell us? Do you know anybody who would know that answer? Charlie Ross was the Chamber of Commerce, the president of Chamber of Commerce, like the... Okay. A while ago. Yeah, who knows? So, and architect, Bia, uh, uh, making the plans. You see the pictures I have but outside the building, all right? Making the community colors, making the dream go through. So... Why they stop it? Mr. Casey stopped the budget to make it the community college. Okay. All right. Well, maybe you'll get the momentum back. Uh, I certainly do think that... Uh, you want Putin as the air to, uh, to tell that, or you keep him in the dark? Okay. Demos on the line, owner of the Bittner Building in Sunbury, and uh, here to tell us it still would be a great place for the community college. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. You put me in the air? Yep, you're on the radio now. You're live now. <laughs> okay. Thank you, sir. Uh, wait. I don't think we, I don't think it can hear us too well for some reason. I think there it might not, be yeah, a not getting, cultural a gap. Connection, little connection glitch mm -hmm. there. Uh, Dale, thank you for waiting. Extremely patient man on the line right now. Hello, sir. Go right ahead. Yeah. I just want to say, make sure I'm clear, uh, if you haven't been diagnosed with CS, you probably won't understand this. Okay, this is common sense. Okay, in a couple more years, you're going to say, what happened to the private sector? What happened to Europe? Well, here's the answer. They got Fauci'd. That's it. I mean, plain and simple, they got Fauci'd. The private sector, the United States is going, and Europe is going. They got Fauci'd. You know, don't you understand that? It's common sense. No, but, but what you're saying is, is somewhat, it is... It is the Solinsky's rules for radicals. It's part of that narrative. <laughs> Break it from inside. Create chaos. No, make I'm things make no you, sense. You don't believe that? You don't think Fauci and, uh, and propaganda? <laughs> no. No, I just told Fauci you. I just told you where it's coming that. from. I just told you where it's coming from. Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. If you look at it, read it, you see what I, it does. It breaks it from the inside. You That's not no propaganda. propaganda. You have no grace if you listen to propaganda. You have no that's grace. not propaganda. No grace. That that's reality. Yeah. That's the rules for radicals. Uh, that's how to break Fauci, the United States. Is done because of Dale, this is part of Fauci. This is what Fauci's doing. Okay? This break it from the inside. Government control. Have the masses need the government. This is the yes, chaos yes. inside. You're right. Yep, there you go. All right, so I don't listen to that stuff, but that makes kind of sense. But like I said, people don't understand what the private sector United States, they're done. They just put a nail in the coffin on that deal. Well, with the economic so policies, stopping cash. You're not guys are tied into them, you're done. Yeah, stopping cash transactions, what they did to Canada is uh, pre-look so around. Europe uh, paid for their security with the United Nations. Now the United Nations is going to crumble. They're going to have Russia and China and the United States. No, so, no, they didn't pay with the United Nations. They paid with NATO, and they paid on the backs of Americans because they weren't funding their insurance policy properly, and we did fund it for uh, them. All right, so we got you. Who's controlling the funding, though? 
the funding, the United States government funding. Okay. Unfortunately, right. okay. we're printing money in the basement that we probably won't be able to pay back. So, no, NATO, the insurance policy of NATO, some of these other quote-unquote allies have taken advantage of it. All right, 1-800-795-9565. Megan's our next caller from Sunbury, PA. Go right ahead. You're on the mark. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, sure. I just wanted to say I appreciate the callers earlier today and your speakers talking about the advantage of the community college. Um, I am on the uh, the board of the Community Education Project, Southern Valley Community Education Project, the group trying to get the community college launch. College launch. And um, I, earlier I heard someone mention about uh, being in Sunbury or Sunbury, Sunbury revitalization effort, but this is really a regional movement. Um, Montour County, Union County, Snyder County are all a critical part of this because that's our region. Um, we want the place in the college to be best accessible for the region, and the goal is to meet people and businesses where they are through partnerships. So uh, partnering with vocational technical schools, uh, partnering with businesses, having educational spaces um, within businesses perhaps, things like that. Like that's the, that's the flexibility that a community college offers. Um, there was also a mention about urgency, like how urgent we need, urgently we need this education. And um, Erie County Community College, was approved by the state um, in June of 2020, and they opened in August of 2021. So I think, you know, I always say the best time to open this was yesterday, but the next best time is today because we could get rolling on this really quickly. Um, but we need those local sponsors. And Demo said, you know, we need the political will. Um, and what he's seeing is this is taking a long time to come to fruition because we need the political will in the region, you know, okay, to make Megan, it happen. Yeah, so political will. So we have a pretty conservative area. We have state mm -hmm. legislators that have been there, state senators, congressmen that have been there. Where Where is the backing for this? I mean, wh why hasn't this happened if it's such a great idea? Who, is, is everybody missing it except a few, that this is a no, good I idea? I mean, wh where it should, should some businesses, larger businesses, put the seed money in to get things really moving? And But wh what's happened with the commissioners of these counties, why they aren't approving this venture? You know, I think that's probably a pretty deep question. Um, but, you know, it, it takes a lot of risk to step out on a limb to know, you know, to, to make an investment in something like this, especially whenever it comes to the T word. Um, you know, it does require a small amount of tax. Um, well, public schools, there's taxes on public schools. So wouldn't this just be an extension of a public school? No, it has to have a local sponsor, which would be, which is generally the county, and that's why we've been approaching the counties. Um, and so, really, you have 12 people who are the key point people to make it happen. So, you know, we've been focusing on the grassroots over the past couple of years, just focusing on the grassroots to make sure that when they make that decision to have a community college, that there isn't like community backlash. You know, to make sure that support is there in the community, which is why we've done studies and surveys to make sure that. The county commissioners have the backing. Well, how, how many years has this community college been in the talks? Ten to twelve, fourteen. It has, but it's you know very much a roller coaster ride. You know, there's like there's momentum, and then you know some other curveball comes in, and you think, oh, something else is going to happen that's going to uh, relieve the need for this, and then then that falls through and doesn't happen. And the community college actually went was mo the project um, was mothballed for a few years, so you've got like three to four years in there that there wasn't active work being done on. It. Then it got revitalized again, you know, and so you know here we are now, hopefully. Um, where we're really talking about it in the community, and that's exciting. Mm -hmm. But the 12 people over those years have rotated those commissioner seats. So 
if now's the key time, I don't hear these commissioners making a whole lot of statements. But like I said, there's public school tax. What 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 would uh, stop them from promoting a community college tax? I mean, it's an extension of what they do in the public schools. All right, systems. well, to be continued. Megan, we're going to bring you and Lanier in, and we're going to talk mm. about this in detail. Yep. We'll make sure Ben is here because he's asking the street-level FAQs that you've heard for a long time. So we'll definitely address this further. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, really appreciate it. All right, uh, Harry, you are next up. Last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Uh, how are you this morning? I, I, uh, I tried to watch some of the the uh, State of the Union address the other day, and then I was spending so much time wiping blood off the screen from the mini strokes I was having listening to this uh, trifling, <laughs> this trite. But the biggest thing that came to me is, you know, the the energy, any policies of this administration seem to be either poorly thought out or not thought out at all, and it's like, well, let's just throw something against the wall and try this. But here we are. We're being told by many that, you know, we need to end our dependence on on fossil fuels. But in the meantime, we don't have anything else up and running to take that over. Okay? So why would this administration and, and President Clueless Joe keep taking chances away from us to be at least a somewhat energy independent and... Uh, and lessen our our cost and the burden on the American people. The simple fact of the matter is that the way these gas prices are going up, the only thing you will do to the economy isn't just hurt people in the wallet as they go to the gas pump. It will cost more to manufacture things. It will cost more to transport things. It will cost more then to buy things. It's like, you know, here's the big push to make the minimum wage 15 bucks. Well, now, in order to make ends meet, you got to make it up to about 20 or 25 where does this all end? And why can't they recognize that their lack of, of foresight on a policy or their lack of, of thinking things through affects us in every walk of life? How, how have we fallen into such, such an abyss of leadership in this country? Well, because you have certain segments of both parties, a larger segment of the Democratic Party, but part of the Republicans, too, that have uh, no basic understanding of economics and the real simple term for every action there's a reaction so how do you put that into your equation of your economic policies and when we had some people come in who said okay everything done in the last administration let's cancel and now you've seen the repercussions of that uh, there are people who live in the beltway who live and, and you know, part of these are this elitist understanding that, you know, not not for uh, thee, but you know, not for me and thee, and the, the whole term that gets out there. But you <laughs> see these elitists, and you see the Beltway, and you if you know, it is time to move this, the the uh, Commerce Department to St. Louis. It's time to move the Fed maybe to Dallas. It's time to the Secretary, the Interior Department should move to Denver. It's time to get the bureaucrats out of D.C. into the real world of America. But Didn't we do that a little bit? Uh, no, not enough. Not enough. I mean, you, but, uh, but Harry, here... There's you, too you, many you, people involved in it anyhow. Well, your, your, point, your point's well taken, though. And, you know, the people who want to stand up for the Biden administration, please stand up, but there's nothing to stand on. Your platform is not there. And 
people are looking around. Even Europe's looking around and saying, what are you guys doing? But Europe also has the same fate. Why would you depend on a, not an ally, but why would you depend on an adversary for something you need called energy? And you thought that that was a good idea. And when President Trump said to NATO countries, hold it, we're in NATO together. Why are you depending on an adversary, Russia, for something you need called energy? Thank you so much, Harry. Thanks for calling in. Insightful you are. Meaning you're inciting people to call. We got more calls waiting. So thank you, sir. Good, Harry, our great listener around here. All right. I want to tell you about the Sunbury Motor Company, family owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. I'm back in a different F 150 now. Uh, this one is black, but I'll tell you what, it's not stripped down, but the price tag is just a little bit over $40,000. So it's an entry level Ford F 150. Doesn't have the fancy wheels, doesn't have an electric heater on the back window, but guess what? Got an eight-foot bed, and it would be perfect for an entry-level Ford F-150. It is an EcoBoost V6 motor, and it's going to get, going to hit 30 on pure highway driving, so you're going to be very happy with this uh, truck, and your average is going to be right around 20, so not too bad. SunburyMotors.com is uh, where somebody can find out about this vehicle, and you can buy this vehicle, or you can buy an Explorer, an Edge or Escape or an Echo or a Ranger or a Bronco Sport or an Explorer or an F-250 or the F-850 they had down there that belonged to the township. Don't tell them I drove it about eight feet, but uh, and I lowered the plow and raised the plow, and guess what? It works perfect. So the Sunbury Motor Company, the place to go. If you need a big truck or a small truck or an entry-level truck or whatever truck you need, they'll set you up. We're going to take a quickie break. we got some emails and ca- a caller waiting, but we'll have time for one more speech. Dialer, call us now 1 800 795 9565. We're waxing poetic about the wonderful advantages of the Biden administration's energy <laughs> policy. Uh, we do have it written on a post it note here, so we're talking about that. But we'll take more comers 1 800 795 9565. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing and can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Think so. Is this the same group singing that? Oh, that baby shark? Uh, 
no, this this is a song that goes back to 2011, a very minor hit that kind of got a lot of YouTube play. Yeah, sounds like the, uh, the I've made it now. Group, the Friday theme same song. group singing the shark song there, Kevin. Kevin's got Friday on the mind, baby. He wants to get out of here. He's got 5 p.m. He's got the auto start timer on his well, that car. Other song that's it's Friday. That that was MTV classic, I believe. <laughs> that, that group. All right, we got a call coming in, and Bob gets a moment. Uh, Bob, go ahead. You got 60 seconds. Go right ahead. electric car out now. I would tell people complaining about gas prices, go look at the electric cars. They're, they're more attractive now than they have been. And the other thing I was calling about was Ukraine. America needs to start... I mean, look at all the money we're sending over to Ukraine for the people that are forced out of their country. Can you imagine having to live through that? You know, Trump and Putin were like, you know, best friends and no, you know, they loved each no, other and false, you know, Trump learned how to lie just like Putin did. Trump false Bob. Trump False Bob. Say what? False Bob Bob. When did uh, Putin go into Georgia? Obama. When did he take I don't know. There? When did the Obama. devil go down to Georgia? When did when did uh, Putin go into Ukraine? Biden. Yeah. A week ago. Yeah, Biden. So there's, there's And why did he go into Ukraine? He did not go in under the Trump administration. No, he didn't go in, in, in yeah. bec- so, under Trump. So who did he go but in But Trump under? learned how to be like Let Putin. Oh, come on. He made our last election look like it was fraud. You know, he's finally getting investigated and hopefully gets arrested for what he did in D.C. All right, we got you, Bob. Thank you so much for calling in. Stan, you're going to be the last caller of the whole darn shooting match this week. All right. All right. All right, thanks. Let me Let me get this out there. Biden is a liar, okay, on the State of the Union address. He said that the firearms manufacturers cannot be sued for any reason. He lied. They can be sued for putting out faulty products just like anybody else. What they can't be sued for is criminal misuse of their product just like everybody else. Now, why does you think Biden lies like that? Uh, sounds like he's half informed. Serious question. He's, he's uninformed. Because he, he moves his lips? <laughs> he's, he's, I agree with that, Ben. He's moving his lips. That's how we can tell he's lying. He's, his lips are moving. He assumed that being so, a pathological yeah, liar and, be, you know, came with being in the White House? Yeah. He took it up from the last guy? <laughs> right. He took it up. He brought it, took it up <laughs> last guy set the standards uh, from the guy before, the guy before. Guy. Anyway, uh-huh. go ahead. Jay, let us know. Because he's protecting the Russians, and or the, he's protecting his son's money in China and Russia. Ukraine. Yep, that's why he went into Ukraine. That's why the crap that's going on in Ukraine's going on because he's protecting somebody. I don't know whether he's protecting the Russians or, or the Ukrainians. I don't know how he's benefiting from this, but Biden's benefiting from it somehow. All right. Whether well, you know it. whether whether he's allowing the Russians to blow things up in Ukraine to cover up his uh, son's uh, dealings because the, all the records will be destroyed. Who knows? One Only our, time will tell with that. One of our good listeners says Hunter and Trump own co-own a diamond mine. <laughs> in Ukraine, so I don't think that's true. Thank you, Stan. Susquehanna River Hawks today in the playoffs. This is WKOK Sunbury.